Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Welcome to the show. We are back for a live show. It's been a couple weeks. This is Action Movie Anatomy here on a Wednesday. We are covering one of the underrated classics of our time. It is Interstellar. I want to just like hum the theme for you right now. That's how excited I am. But it's melancholy. Let's start the show. See you in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! Ha ha! Nine five four. Just touch my hand. <laughs> Nobody touches. Nobody my touches hand. my hand. Not on a Wednesday. <laughs> Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome to the show. Mm. It's Action Movie Anatomy. It's Wednesday. Mm. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're back. Some of you guys just might be watching this live for the first time. Yeah, I mean, we had yeah. uh, a really exciting week for us. I mean, we we, we weren't live last week. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We did the Ocean's Eleven pre-tape, which I saw Ocean's Eight uh, yesterday. How was it? I liked it. Yeah, I did. I, I it didn't blow me away, and I I'm I'm kind of glad we're not doing it on the show. We could do it on the show. My uh, my car was broken into on my thirtieth birthday. My computer stolen out of it an hour before my press screening, so I have yeah. not yet seen it. I had to cancel that one. Uh, uh, but what we did was we released a Patreon video, guys, uh, for our uh, team action and the Schmodown, and we yep. brought tons of new patrons in, and uh, those guys only know us as bad guys on the Schmodown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is actually a show we've done for three years. Yeah, three and a half. It's like an episode, I don't exactly know how many, but like episode like 150 or 160 probably. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely really high up there. So if you guys are new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. There's a live chat that I try to keep my eyes on while Ben is navigating us through the show. Yeah, I think I just saw some cool new animations happening on the screen behind me. Uh, Marissa Serafini, uh, producer, engineer, host, she's up in the booth right now. What's up, Marissa? How you doing? What's up, guys? And yes, you did, Ben, because I created them. Those are very... Very cool. I actually saw an AfterBuzz one on the other wall, yeah, which you I, guys can't see, but then I saw the popcorn one. That's terrific. I thought it was just the re- residual psychedelics from this weekend that I was seeing <laughs> out of the corner of my eyes, but it wasn't. Curveball. Curveball. Uh, so, uh, so I need $5. <laughs> so we're here to talk about Interstellar. Uh, this movie, you and I saw this movie at a midnight screening, I believe. Right? Yeah. With our buddy Jason Sparich. Yep. Um, guest on the Predator episode. Um, <laughs> and we saw it in IMAX right when it came out. And because we, we, I mean, we knew, basically Nolan's one of those directors where it's like, if he comes out with a new movie, you have to go see it. Yeah, he's also the director, I guess, he is sort of the the nerd royalty director of our generation. Like, because of the Batman movies, because of the scope of the movies, because they're great movies, it's kind of like if you're our age, and male especially, Mm -hmm. you just have seen all of his movies and you love them probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Except for maybe Following, which is the one that everyone misses because it's his first. Yeah, yeah. I I would even say that like some people don't see Insomnia. Maybe people don't even remember Memento, but the second half, all the stuff since begins. This movie is, I mean, when we saw this, uh, I remember walking out of it and we were were definitely completely blown away. Do you remember I was a little disappointed? Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say is we were all blown away by the actual visual accomplishments and like some of the things that had happened in it, but we all walked away feeling like we'd been not cheated a little, but like it was just missing something. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, so guys, if you were watching or listening for the very first time, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk about action movies on the show. Yes, we're aware of the fact that Interstellar is not an action movie. It's a sweeping space drama. Uh, that's because our show has expanded. We, we historically cover movies in four basic categories. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. I'd say Cooper. He plays by his own rules. Cooper definitely plays by his own rules. I mean, yeah. this guy, uh, he... I mean, he leaves his kids and his family to save the planet 
you know. Yeah, he's a and hot then he shot. comes back. Yeah, he's a hot shot. He does the uh, he does the cool landing. Yeah. to save time. Yeah, you know, he's the best. He's the best. Uh, rule number two: the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. Well, uh, degradation of planet Earth is the villain, and that's, that's pretty smart. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the. It's only been three or four years since this movie came out, mm-hmm. and four years ago we were we were still in a trouble as as a, as a as a planet. Yeah, you know, right, and, right. and we definitely have just kind of dug our heels in and, and kind of gone deeper in it. So it is it is crazy to think. Um, I don't remember who I was talking to the other day, but they were telling me that they uh, were either dating or very good friends with an astrophysicist, and they yeah. watched uh, The Dark Knight. Or the Dark Knight Rises. And yeah, like I can scientifically tell you how every single one of those gadgets is feasible and plausible now. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and so I was thinking when watching this yesterday, like we're not too far away, especially with Space Force being announced. Space Force <laughs> <laughs> from having to do this. Right, to having to leave Earth. Like, actually having to leave Earth because it's just covered in garbage and we can't breathe and it's too hot and there's no water and yeah. shit like that. So like watching this kind of freaked me out. Yeah. So I definitely think that the villain. <laughs> is is the smartest person in the room? It's in humanity. It's humanity. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rule number three: the movie is driven by a police, military, political, political, or mercenary figure. Um, he is not any of those, really. Well, uh, he's NASA. Uh, yeah. He's, he's you know he works for the man. He is a member. Yeah, he, that's he, true. He works for the man. The dude. government. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. He's not quite an MTA officer in the Taking Fellow One Two Three. One but. of the most noble professions <laughs> out there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Officer Gobber. Uh Rule number four: the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's a bunch of explosions in this movie. Um, there's so many things to break down with this movie, so it kind of follows the rules a little bit. But yep. you, we, we just love this movie, and that's why we wanted to cover it on the show. Uh, we know that you guys, uh, the fans of the show, are obviously excited about it. There was a lot of conversation on the Facebook page. Spoiler alert: we have a Facebook fan page started by wonderful fans of the show. Uh, Action Movie Anatomy fan page on Facebook. There's also the Action Army fan page. That's for our uh, dickbag Schmodown characters that you can follow <laughs> along with. Both are great, uh, and there's a lot of interaction on both, so check those out. Big shout-out to Emma McAllister whoop, and whoop. Ronald Liu for uh, being patrons, for joining the Army. Yeah. Um, we try to shout-out a couple people every show to, to re- make you guys recognize that we see your names, we follow what you're doing, yes. we appreciate the support, and there's going to be a lot more of those because we just got a bunch of new patrons. So, yeah, Emma? We, we are so busy, uh, but yes, I, I want to cut you off really quickly because Emma is actually in the chat and Boom! she's hyped about her very first live episode. So just like you were going to say, Emma and Ronald, my friends, as always, we, we salute, salute you. you. Um, all right, so this is Action Movie Anatomy coming up on the show today. We've never we practiced that, and it's so good. The salute? Yeah, it's real good. It was organic. It's very organic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the fire rises. Fire uh, so, rises. so coming up today on the show, we're going to be talking about a couple of things. We're going to be ranking the McConaissance, the 2012 to 2014 Matthew McConaughey, the <sighs> McConaissance as it's called. All of the projects that he did in that time, we are going to each rank our favorites in order because it is kind of a remarkable period in one man's career. Yeah. Can't wait to talk a little further about that. Uh, fist pump moments, favorite lines, thesis statements, all the things you guys love, and we are bringing back explosion of emotion big marina verano shout out there uh because that's a great movie for explosion there of emotion. are so many um where can people find you andrew if they want to follow along with you personally on twitter uh guys you can find me on twitter and instagram you can find me at andrew guy just type that in and you'll find me and you'll find nice <laughs> uh you guys can find me at ben bateman media on twitter on instagram uh and yeah that's kind of uh it's kind of the deal it's it's been an exciting couple of weeks a lot of a lot of fun things have happened since yeah i mean we let's, were here last yeah let's talk let's, let's let's catch people up a little bit so uh I have an announced match against Dan Merle, the greatest of all time in yes, the showdown. So it happened because of what happened at the live event. Yes, I did bring this upon myself. Yeah, um, which is crazy. I 
are you scared? Are you excited? It's you... one of those things where, you know, full disclosure, and this is where this is where the people that are crossover fans really should be paying attention because they're no I'm never gonna talk like this as dastardly yeah. ever anywhere ever, in the MTS. Ever. That guy is a legend. Yeah, he's he's the, one of the people that, you know, he's the goat. when you show me the very first match ever, you ha- I should th- think it was when Bibiani went perfect. Yeah. Uh, in his first match or whatever yeah, it was. Probably, yeah. And I went on and told me about this guy, Dan Merle. And so I've watched him for a very long time. He's the greatest of all time. He's, I am, I am, I'm hoping I, I put up a good, a good fight. Well, what I think, you know, like, so again, it's, it's crossover fans, and we won't talk about this for too long because yeah. we won't talk about the movie, but um, people, like, you get a lot of, you get a lot of crap. For, for dropping first round points, uh, people yeah. give you a lot of shit. About I do. It. And I, it's, it is deserved. And so I think there's a sense people have that you're this clown and that he's going to just crush you. And does that fuel the fire for you a little bit? It, 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 it really fuels the fire because <laughs> you're a competitive guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of the most competitive people that you've ever met. Yeah. Maybe the most competitive person you've ever met. And you know how much I study. <laughs> yeah. And you know how frustrated I get. And, and you know also that I get rattled when I start to drop the ball. Yeah, I've seen it happen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, July 13th, I believe, is when that comes out. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, and then you have a match coming up against uh, Scott Mance. Yeah, yeah. The Mance the, Man. The Mance Man. <laughs> life for life. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be playing Mance on uh, some, sometime soon. I play him. I'm not, I can't remember when. You but play him this Friday for real, but then I don't know when your match when actually airs. comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I actually play him on Friday. soon, so. though. Yeah, it's not, not too long after. So, um, But, uh, yeah, I'll be playing Mance, so, you know, trying to get back on that horse. Obviously, uh, I don't feel great that my singles record is one and two. It's kind of a joke. I like don't know how it's possible. I guess like Inman got lucky in a five way. I crushed Dale, and then you you getting a loss for the five way seems ridiculous. I don't like the five way. It should rule. be it should be an asterisk. Yeah, but what the legal say about that is like, well, it's your choice to play in a five way. You don't have to take that. It's just like that was my way into singles because at the time right. when I did the five way, we were a pretty new team still. We'd only played a couple matches, so at that point I was like, "Oh yeah, I can handle this." Whereas, like now, obviously, if I had never done that, right, I would never take a five ways my first singles match. No, it's a ter- terrible odds. You have to beat four people's knowledge, and you don't get the you don't get the the necessities of of playing at only one speed or the other. Yeah, it's exactly. Either yours or theirs. Instead, you got to deal with five other or four other people. Um, get cold. But, so, but yeah, yeah so those things are coming up. Those are exciting. And then uh, I felt like I had one other thing I wanted to mention. Well, there's some. There's a lot of exciting stuff. So yeah. uh, I don't know if you've talked about it yet, but you have a project that you're going to probably announce soon, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, um, yeah. Sorry for if you guys are new viewers, but this is this is uh, something we got to let you guys know because we got a lot of planning coming up. Um, I booked a, a, a TV series. I'm yep. very very excited about. It's actually a Chinese TV series that shoots in Las Vegas. He's so. going to be huge in Beijing. <laughs> I really hope so. But honestly, if you guys are native Mandarin speakers, uh, I believe. It's Mandarin. It could be Cantonese, or maybe if you know a little bit of both, sh- shout me out on Twitter. I could I could <laughs> use some help uh, sometimes, but uh, that'll be from um, August to October. I'll be gone, so we're gonna yeah we're gonna have to do some a lot of like what we've been doing with the pre tapes. We're gonna have to get real clever. We may even have some guests fill in hosts. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's going on. Uh, I, I got to meet some Showdown and Action Movie Anatomy fans this last weekend in Vegas. Yes, dude. I was there for a Magic the Gathering tournament. I have a Magic the Gathering podcast. Some of you know that. Some of you don't. It's called Masters of Modern. Check it out. It's it's awesome. Even if uh, you haven't played in a long time, I still find it very interesting. Yeah, big shout outs to, to all of the AMA and Schmodown fans that I got to meet in Vegas. It was a total blast. Um, so I think that's probably enough as far as our shout outs go just for now. Yeah. 
Yeah, because honestly, you and I were supposed to cover Jurassic Park The Lost World this week, and we watched it. <laughs> I, I posted it. I, I had one of our awesome fans post, Richard, or I think Richard posted it, and, and people were just like, what the hell are you guys thinking? Right, and you right, and I right. had remembered it way more favorably or positively than it actually... Well, Here's what happened. Yeah. Here's what happened. So, um, <laughs> so Forbidden Kingdom comes out, and Drew and I remember the Jurassic World going back a couple of years is one of the episodes that we regret doing the most because it was back in the day when we would pick to cover new movies before they hit theaters, so that if we didn't like the movie, we were locked in. Yep. And we regret that because we don't. I mean, it's not a bad movie, but I don't love Jurassic World. Yeah, it was when we did Independence Day Resurgence that we were like, never, never ever again. again will this happen. So I saw Forbidden Kingdom on Monday, probably, I think, this week. Uh, and it was fine, but we wanted to do something to honor that. So yeah. we chose The Lost World. Now, I remember in theaters as a little kid... It was so sweet for... like. And the one scene where the bus goes over the edge, yeah. and they're like hanging from the bus, and Julianne Moore is like on pressed the against the glass. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, it was the what I remembered, and I was like, "That's awesome! Why don't people like that?" <laughs> Once I got through that part of the movie, I was like, "Ooh, it's all going to be downhill from here." And that wasn't even that sweet. So then yeah. I called you, and I was like, "We got it." Can't do it. And honestly, the audible to Interstellar was just so exciting. Yeah, because this is a freaking great movie. So uh, I think probably we should just get into the show because we this is like 17 minutes of preamble. Yeah. Um, those of you in the live chat, I promise you we are going to talk about this. Um, Marissa Sarafini. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I did that accent. I'm sorry. Um, do we are we hard out at three? I just want to kind of gauge our time. Yes. We are. We are. Perfect. Okay. okay. So We're we going to skip over production. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, we had 45 minutes. Let's do it. Um, the first thing we talk about on the show on Action Movie Anatomy is we do a section called Thesis Statement. It's your biggest, boldest thought about the movie. It should never be, my favorite character in this movie is this, or uh, there's a really cool scene and I always think about it. It should be, this is the greatest this, the only this, the first, the last, the most underrated, whatever. That's kind of, your your. this is the point you make when the movie comes up in conversation. Yeah. This is what you talk about. I'll jump in first with mine because I'm excited about it. Um, so, oh yeah, yeah. We uh, we always watch the trailer first. Yeah, and I didn't and, cue that. And this is like Ben and I. We we started our friendship based on this trailer. We watched it maybe over two hundred times, probably a little inebriated. Uh, it's just the greatest. So let's cue this up right now. Yeah, we watched this trailer a lot of times. We used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. Music. Go for main engine, start T minus 10. We must confront the reality that nothing in us. I love this trailer this is so much. The greatest. I, w- I wish I had screenshotted that picture I sent you from the airplane the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I have it. <laughs> um, doing the McConaughey expression. Seven. We would, like, basically only communicate using lines yeah. from this trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love this movie yeah. so much. No. No. Four. become a parent. <laughs> One thing becomes really clear. One thing becomes really clear. Two. There it is. Face, There's the look. Guys, that's the face. <laughs> you can't just think about your family now. You have to think bigger than that. I'm thinking about my family. Millions of other families. <laughs> I love you forever. Oh. I love you forever. Oh, God, I want to cry it's right here. It's right within our reach. Save us from extinction. Here we go. This is one of my favorite trailers I've ever made. Yeah. It might be the greatest. family. Now you have to think bigger than that. I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about my families and millions of other families. <laughs> Baby, we've spent too long trying 
is our theory. Love is the one thing that transcends time and space. I just want to watch it again. I honestly could. It's three hours. Into that yeah. good night. Rage. Old age should burn in the grave a closer day. Oh my god. Rage. Rage. You're gonna make it. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. We'll find a way. We always have. God. Such a good trailer. There are so many things to talk about with this movie. The silence, the, the score, the visual effects, actually being able to tell this story. So you already described what thesis statement was, and so yeah. we are behind. Hop in, tell me, <laughs> what is your bold thought? This is the most underrated movie score ever written. It's, uh, it's underrated? My... You think it's underrated? I mean, it's not. Right, didn't win an Oscar. It lost to Grand Budapest. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, the I idea just... that Grand Budapest Hotel somehow was a more relevant piece of music than this is so preposterous. And if you ask people what's the greatest Hans Zimmer score, this is like not even in the conversation, I feel like. It's usually for most people, it's just a shoe in Inception. Yeah. Some people will be like, well, it's the Lion King because it won the Oscar. Like, people have their opinions. He's written crazy stuff. It's like. It's so brilliant. It's so beautiful. Guys, I tweeted this the other day, and maybe you saw this, but, like, I had seen this movie one time all the way through. I had never rewatched it. Right. I have listened to this movie soundtrack, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, probably between five and 600 times. I, yeah. I used to put it on the full soundtrack when I'd go hiking. Um, and I'd go on these trail runs, and I would just listen to the Interstellar soundtrack, and I did it for, like, a year. I mean, when your old roommate uh, got his new stereo system, this, like, insane stereo system, he would play the soundtrack to this this soundtrack, and the whole entire apartment building would just be vibrating. He'd play Mountains. I mean, the Mountains is amazing. Where We're Going is the best song on the whole soundtrack, in my opinion. Uh, Detached. There's so many good songs. that This soundtrack is actually incredible, and I think... I, I still put it on often. Where We're Going is the song I listen to the most because it's like... But the fact that he he conceptualized Morse code and like built it into his score with the synthesizers. Right. Like the first time you watch it, it's like that... Yeah, like taking Morse code and turning it into music. And you like think about that and like by the end of the movie, you're like... It just has this like melancholy, but like this very like machine sort of it's just this soundtrack is incredible and it's the most underrated ever because I think it's probably one of the best ever written and I don't think people really talk about it that way they just talk about it as the best part of this movie right which I mean which I I don't know if it's the best part of the movie it is very very strong but I I completely agree this soundtrack is is absolutely incredible and actually going last night I went and watched a a, a massive like 500 person choir with like a, a 100 person orchestra and you do realize that with that, those people on those instruments, you can create any sound in the world, any sound in the universe that you want. And then I went home and watched Interstellar. And of course, in my mind, all I'm thinking about is like, oh my God, in some room somewhere, yeah. they made this music for yeah. this movie. And yeah, it's just, it is the most perfect fit that it could have ever been for any film. There are so many songs. Yeah, I just, this, this movie... It's, it's my favorite part of the whole movie, but I love a lot of parts of the movie. Any, any uh, thoughts in the chat there? Uh, yeah, I mean, people are, a lot of people are talking about it. we got a lot of great people. we got Mr. Janice showing up. we got Christina Farrow Thank for the Jay. first time. we got Paul and Richard, of course. People are dropping their thesis statements. Matt Damon. <laughs> I mentioned. literally almost when the trailer was over. Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon. Damon. Yeah. I like, had that planned. I forgot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of great stuff in here. But 
Oh yeah, my buddy got a vinyl player and he has the Interstellar on vinyl and every time they go over to his place, they blast it. Of yeah. course, that's Jarvie. Um, <laughs> for me, guys, my thesis is, and, I, and I'm actually piggybacking off of uh, a question that was asked by, by Paul Oyama, who's a, another great longtime viewer of the show. Paul basically said, is this one of the movies that suffered the most from hype in, in, in Nolan's history and in film history? And I'm, I'm just going to take it and say, no film that Nolan has done or ever will do will ever suffer from the hype of release than this movie. It was the first thing he did yeah. after the Dark Knight trilogy, correct? Uh, or, yeah, because yeah, 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 he does Inception in the middle of it. Yeah. So it's the first thing he does outside of it. And with Inception, we didn't have the expectation yet. We didn't really know what he could do without Batman. Because like we know, we know Memento, Insomnia, Following, whatever. It was like once he started doing the Batman, the Dark yeah. Knight trilogy, we were like, this guy is... He's cut of a different cloth, you know. Like right. prestige kind of got overlooked by a lot of people. Yeah, because you know? it's in the middle there. But yeah, people didn't. So, Inception comes out, doesn't win Best Picture, doesn't even get nominated, and uh, no, it does, it does. It oh yeah, yeah. it loses speech. to King's Speech, yeah. right? And then, uh, and we, I meant to say, he doesn't get nominated. Yeah, right, Nolan right. doesn't get nominated, and so Dark Knight comes out. Dark Knight Rises. We're not. We no one expects Dark Knight Rises to be as good as Dark Knight. No, we just know it's not going to be. It right. can't be. Right. And so we're okay with it when it comes out. And some people are still let down. I loved it, and yeah. I've loved it even more. Interstellar is like, oh, he's doing it again. He's, he's doing, doing Inception 2 now. He's like, he's doing 2001 Space Odyssey, yeah. but it's Christopher Nolan. But it's Nolan now. We know what he did with Inception. We know what he does with superheroes. Like, he can do anything. And honestly, yeah, we walked out a little bummed out from well, think, the theater. And I think there's a handful of reasons. I think the biggest one that you just mentioned is exactly what you said. I think at this point in his career, the idea that he was going to go do some massive sci-fi epic, uh, people just had, and the cast was nuts. I mean, people forget David Oyolo is the principal at the high school, like right. the the like or at the elementary school. Like the the cast is crazy. Chastain is his daughter. That's like in like thirty percent of the movie. Casey Affleck, who wins an Oscar three years later, yeah. is, is his son. Is like, his son. It's just uh, Timothy Chalamet, who was just nominated for best actor, is his son as a little kid. Yeah, like it's the cast is crazy. So, uh, but anyway, the the point is, I think that the biggest reason this movie suffered, other than exactly what you said is that Gravity had come out the year before and and had been and uh, Cuaron had won best director in 2013 right. for it. So when this came out it was like there's so much expectation. What's the next Nolan movie? Well, mm-hmm. it's this. It's going oh it's really it's a big outer space epic. Okay, well we just saw Gravity is going to be as good as Gravity. Gravity was so much more self-contained. It yeah, was, so it was much it, a smaller movie. Exactly. And then I think Damon had already been announced to be in The Martian or that they'd already been filming it or something because yeah, I yep. remember when he showed up in the movie you're like what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, right. And I honestly my other thesis was that Dr. Mann's story yeah. is actually one of my favorite turns in the whole movie. When, yeah. Originally, when I watched it, I hated it. Yeah. I just don't like that it's Matt Damon. I just wish it was someone else. Yeah. I, I don't like that it's Matt Damon. It should be someone else. It is a little distracting. But the actual the the conversation and the, and the process of, of thought that goes on with that guy and the loneliness there and like knowing from the moment that he got to the planet, knowing that he couldn't stay there. Is, I know. Is, and, and his like – and his like um, – I love that when he gets blown out of the airlock – um, he starts to say something in this like incredibly condescending. I'm yeah. this noble guy who's going to save the world. Save the way. world. It's not for you. It's it's for the world. It's for saving all humanity. And you realize that he's gone totally crazy, and he's decided that he is the guy that's going to save the world, no matter what. No matter because he just has to. Yeah, he's the only guy. And obviously, you know, he's been out there for years. So uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. It has suffered more from the expectation than probably almost any movie ever. It's because like going and watching it again now, and you and I were talking about it. It jumped two spots for you in, in all of Nolan's films. It and might like, have even jumped more. Now, the, the more I keep thinking about it, the more I'm like, I think I like this more than Memento. This is probably like my I fourth. like it more than Memento. 
for sure. I think it's, it's just, number four for it's me. Just, it's just so beautiful. And, like, honestly, the 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 special effects, yeah. just, like, looking at space it's the incredible. way it does is, is incredible. So It's also crazy this movie is considered to be kind of a failure for a lot of people, and it made $678 million worldwide. Like, $678 million, and it's considered, like, to be yeah. a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, exactly. It's So, for Nolan, I'm sure he's still laughing all the way to the bank. Guys, so if you have any great thesis statements, throw them in the chat. I'm going to try to pull them up here. I'm, I love seeing all these new new names and old names in the chat that, that I'm used to seeing, but um, Son, Son Goku just keeps saying the Prestige is, is his favorite Nolan movie. You and Ben are pretty much on the same page with it's that. My number, it's my number, it's number three. Two or three, yeah. Okay. It's right. It's behind, well, it's behind, it goes just for me. It's Inception, Dark Knight, or one yeah, and two, and yeah, then exactly. Prestige is my number three. Uh, all right, guys. Prestige. Uh, yeah, all right, so we're going to move on to the next part of the show. This is Fist Pump Moment. This is that moment something happens in the movie. You look around, you're like, are you seeing this right yes. now? This is the coolest yes. thing I've ever seen. I get to watch the rest of this movie. I'm so excited. It's like we're all in the exact same room watching the same thing. You're like, you're like you seeing this? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. seeing this? You're like, yeah, I'm watching the damn movie. <laughs> uh, I'm hopping in first because okay. I remember it in the theater. I remember it every single time I watched this movie. Those aren't mountains. Yeah. Those are waves. Incredible. And, uh, ugh. Yeah, it's just the coolest thing when you start to, like, the magnitude of those waves. Yeah. They're bigger than, like, Everest. Yeah. You know? That planet, that that sequence of the movie, that 25 minutes, before, when they realize they have to go down to the water planet, the landing, the almost losing Hathaway, uh, losing West Bentley, yeah. and then getting back up to the ship, and then the messages, that's the most immaculate sequence of this movie to me. It's like the 25 minutes that is like... Yeah, well, the, from from them deciding to go to the planet, because it even starts before that, when they actually yeah. decide, when he's basically like, love, fuck you. Yeah. No. We're going right. to do science, and yep. we're going to do the fastest way. Yeah. And, like, uh, and everything with that planet with relativity, it's the first time that you really get a grasp of relativity. Like, every hour on this planet is seven, seven years. years on Earth. And you, like, think about that. Like, the actual being able to think of that, and then when they leave, they put it in the best context. When he, when she goes, doctor, whatever, she's like, Why she probably she just... Yeah, and, and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about when Brand is talking about the, the female doctor oh, that right. inhabited the planet. She's like, he, she probably landed hours ago. She probably died right before we got there because of the time thing. Yeah. And you're like... But that happened a decade ago, right? You know, it was just like that moment—the relativity, the planet, the water when they surf down it, like yeah, everything about that scene yeah, and everything. Incredible. I was just like, I rewound it last night at one thirty in the morning and watched it three times. That's why Mountains was the song I listened to the most for a long time, just for that reason, because that was my favorite part of the movie. I remember in theaters, yeah, thinking that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of moments. Uh, that one in particular is is pretty incredible. I love, well. Yeah, I do. So I, I love when um, he's going to have to try to dock the ship, but he needs to try to rotate at the same speed. So I, that, and, that whole thing is great. And, and uh, Tars goes, uh, Cooper, it's not possible. He goes, you're right. It's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, and like, that's, that's like, the, I remember him saying that. I'm like, yay, yeah, Makata is a cowboy. I love it. <laughs> cowboy in space. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I wrote that line down today, too, because I watched the last half of it this morning. Yeah, that part's awesome. I mean, like, the, the whole, like I said, the whole entire water planet sequence is amazing. I think also, I think also uh, when the, the most emotional scene in the whole movie, which we'll get to in a little bit, but when yeah. it starts, when he sits down and uh, Casey Affleck, well, it's actually Timothy Chalamet, starts talking, what you realize, because you see him, he's getting this, like, look on his face. It's a fist pump for me because it's like you realize you're like, whoa, I you're you're getting the feels already. You're already like, oh my god, this is what he realizes what he's missed. He's been gone for decades. Yeah. And he's about to experience 
decades of his children's lives in minutes in moments and yeah. it's such a it's such like a quiet fist pump but it's like oh my god you're talking about when he first gets back on the show when he, he starts just when the video first starts playing and it clicks to his face yeah you see when he's laughing and then he starts crying yeah. it's like i mean and that's like that's just peak mcconaughey right there like yeah. that that moment to to be able to do that i mean who knows how many takes and how long it took him to get there it's sitting in that chair but like yeah what nolan captures and what the story that mcconaughey tells right then is you want to you weep when yeah. you watch it. In this movie this time through, I teared up in theaters. I remember, but this time through got me full on, full on tears on the face, like yeah. like down the neck, the whole the whole bit, like a couple different times. Uh, and that's obviously the sequence that is just like it's just astounding how perfect it is. Dad died. Yeah, you know, like that's just like real subtle. You know, I met a girl. Next one, kid. Next she one, says, dad died. Yeah, she like, says I gotta let you go. Yeah, because yeah, today's and, the day that, you know, today's my birthday, yeah. and it's a special one, because you told me, and you're just like, God, you know what she's going to say? Yeah, there's so many, there's so many moments. I also love, like, I mean, yeah, the movie's just very emotional, so uh, that's, the other yeah. thing I want to say is I love how many times they convey that Murph will not give up on her dad, even yeah. though she, that she keeps saying it, Yeah, but her actions like she never gives up and uh, you love that because you know as kids and at the very end when she says it, it's like you hold on to what your parents tell you is yeah. truth you know yep 100 yeah. percent. um all right we are going to get into the next bit of the show here guys this is going to be star profiles we're breaking down these actors careers uh, where they were in their careers at the time uh we are focusing on mcconaughey and hathaway because it does feel like they are the stars yeah uh, for sure even though it's a pretty ensemble film uh, it does feel like they're the stars i'm gonna start with hathaway actually so, at this point in her career, 2014, she's riding high. Her three movies she had done prior to this were Don Peyote, Rio 2, and Song 1. Rio, the animated film with the parrot. Mm-hmm. Um, great movie. Uh, and I didn't see Song 1 or Don Peyote. Yeah, I don't really, it's kind of a weird time, because Anne Hathaway's basically been A-list for the last 10, 15 years, or whatever. Like, when, wait, when did Princess Diaries come out? 2004, like probably, yeah. or 3, something So, that's 14 years ago. 2001. Wow. So that's the second one was 2004. 17 years ago was the first time. And that's really when she kind of came on the scene, right? Yeah, that's like when Broke, broke Back's 06. So right. that's like she's getting that kind of roles at that point. And like once Broke Back happens from 06 to 2012, she's basically a home run hitter or an A-lister in the sense of like she doesn't really do any wrong and she keeps getting put. She does like and, and if you go and you watch, you look at her actual filmography, there's a bunch of random movies in there that like these ones, Song One and Don Peyote, you, you never hear of. But in the middle of them are like yeah. massive blockbusters. I guess it was always, but yeah, but yeah, I think so. I think over ten years at this point, because Devil Wears Prada is right in there too. That's in the mid two thousands. Um, I think she's come full circle with most audiences because I think a lot of people wanted to not like her for a really long time for some reason. But she is in Devil Wears Prada. I'm not making yeah, that up. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, her yeah. and uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah, right. Okay, um, okay. I had a question about that yeah. uh, in uh, in my studying these days. Interesting. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada is a good show. It's a yeah, good it's movie. Good, it's a good film. Uh, but anyway, so... <clears throat> My point is, is that she she does that, and she's basically just an A-lister from from then on out, and she has all these these big roles and small roles and voice roles and stuff, but she doesn't really do any wrong, and she never falls from the limelight. Well, it's all, and then 2012 is the year, yeah, because that's Dark Knight Rises and Les Mis are the same year. She yeah. wins the Oscar and she's Catwoman, so it's sort of like this is the immediately following. Like, what else did you shoot prior to those coming out? What else did you shoot when those hit? What kind of roles did you get? Which is like Song One and Don Peyote probably shot before, or yeah, something like yeah, that, or maybe they're know? shot immediately after you're done filming yeah. things before they come out, though. So, yeah, I think uh, I, that's kind of her. Now, on the other end of things, we have the McConaissance. Uh, we have, two, you know, Wolf of Wall Street 2013, Dallas Buyers Club 2013, Magic Mike 2012. So I'm just going to list off really quickly Matthew McConaughey. Everybody remembers McConaughey was 
you know, Fool's Gold and Sahara and... How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah, obviously you have, you know, movies like Ghost of Girlfriends Pass. You go older and you've got him in Days and Confused. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, he's had a long career with a lot of really big movies. But in general, uh, he didn't have almost any dramatic meat to his career. He was mostly just like a rom-com guy, kind of a cowboy. And this is like this interesting period where he like hires a new team and he decides he's going to reinvent his career. You can see it in the roles that he decides to take. So... In 2011, he does The Lincoln Lawyer, plus like three other movies. And Lincoln Lawyer is great. They're kind of smaller. And Lincoln Lawyer was, was totally that movie they got missed. Even today, people that have seen it like it, but it's not like considered on the level of the stuff that comes after it. It's just an above average movie where McConaughey happens to be very good. Yeah. So 2012 is where it really kicks off. He does Mud, a Jeff Nichols movie, which is really good. It's dark. I still haven't seen Mud. It's gritty. He's great. Uh, and I remember it came out. It got really well reviewed. And people were like, oh, wow, yeah. McConaughey. Then Magic Mike comes out. He's awesome in yeah, Magic Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays he a is. character called Dallas. Um, he's hilarious. Dallas. He's he's funny. He's uh, it's well acted. It's kind of a fun movie. He plays a character named Dallas. Yeah, in both movies. Uh, he no, yeah. he doesn't play character. Uh, he's Ron something in Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, okay. Dallas is his name in, in right, right. That was it was a question in the Schmodown. It, it was a yeah. yeah. Uh, then he does Dallas Buyers Club in 2013, wins Best Actor for it. He does The Wolf of Wall Street, a small role in 2013. Mm-hmm. Movie gets nominated for Best Picture. He stars in season one of True Detective in 2014. Your it's favorite, literally yeah. airing as the, he's winning these awards. And finally, does Interstellar in 2014. So this is the last movie in the reconnaissance. It's the it's the final one. Because then the next period is not nearly as good. It's him no. doing movies. And he's honestly still kind of like, he's kind of in the not very good right now. Yeah, it's fine. He's doing okay stuff. You know, he did Gold and Free State of Jones. and He tried. He, he definitely, it's not like he, he took worse roles. It's just like, it was the perfect storm right here. of Everything he did just kind of hit. And so we are going to rank the reconnaissance. We are. Uh, in we are. order. And people are saying that it was his role in Mud that gave him Interstellar. Nolan saw Mud and yeah. cast him from that. That uh, doesn't surprise so, me. So thank you guys in the chat. Uh, I'm going to hop in with my number six. I haven't seen it. Mud. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I think that that might just be true. As much as I really enjoyed Mud, uh, I think that I enjoyed Magic Mike a little more. And that's probably both of our number fives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we both have... S- Mud at six, Magic Mike at five. My number four is going to be The Wolf of Wall Street. As okay. much as I really like that movie, um, yeah, it did. I just I've only seen it like once and it was fine. Yeah, I'll yeah. go Wolf of Wall Street number four as well. Though I do really like it a yeah, lot. Same. I think it's absolutely. It's, it's not a McConaughey movie though. No, he's just got a small role in it, which um, is funny because that. You know why he that that scenes in the movie with a uh, uh, he's like a breathing exercise yeah right? that Leo saw him doing before yeah. their take and they're like what the fuck what are you doing yeah like, let's do that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right so uh, my number three then yeah is gonna be Interstellar okay interesting yes yeah. sweet yeah because I know you love Dallas I'll go I'll go Dallas number three okay. I, I think it's awesome I think it's a great movie uh, he's awesome in it it just doesn't stick with me quite in the same way that the other two do. Uh, my number two is going to be Interstellar. Yep. My number two is going to be Dallas Buyers Club. And we agree. We both agree. True Detective Season 1. I mean, McConaughey and Harrelson in True Detective Season 1, they're perfect. It's the best season of TV ever. It's like, it's it's he's so, so good. Yeah. Russ Cole, is, he's just my... Is my hero. I love that character. I remember we sat down to watch the very first episode that you were dying to get me to yeah. watch it. And we're watching for maybe like, maybe two or three minutes. Yeah. And I look over and I go... This is really, really good, yeah. isn't it? And you're like, you have no idea. Because yeah. it's like you can just tell immediately by the way that they paint the picture and the, and the thing and the acting and everything. You're just like, this is a really good something. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how, how my, 
What do, we got in the, oh, what do we got in the chat here? Yeah, guys, what's your guys' number one McConaughey performance? Uh, in the McConaughey. In the McConaughey. In the McConaughey. A lot of people are saying Trudy was their favorite. I mean, that seems to make the most sense. Uh, people are talking about how much they love Anne Hathaway, even though people hated her. Um, yeah, I mean, it, everyone. Paul DeNuzzo skipped True Detective. I'll have to go back. Oh, my goodness, Paul. Paul. Goodness, my friend. From how long you've watched the show and, and been our friend, you've got to go. I guess we haven't this. talked about Trudy very much on the show. No. It's yeah. it's truly one of the greatest things ever to yeah. be on, on the screen. Um, so, okay, cool. I'm glad we, we agree there. Uh, I love Anne Hathaway. I think she's phenomenal. I think she is, I, I you know, I, like I said, Ocean's 8, she's great. I She's so good at playing so smart and so dumb like that like she's going a, back and forth between she, the two yeah she's a really good actress I mean she's done some amazing stuff she's she is truly unbelievable in limits she is the best part of that movie she is that song is in like yeah just the close up on her just owning it she's she's dream, an ace, yeah. a lister the first uh, hour and ten of that movie is excellent um. <laughs> <laughs> alright guys so moving on to production development uh, Jonathan and Christopher Nolan uh, Jonathan Nolan is Christopher Nolan's brother he's known for writing uh, much more than he is for directing, but he's actually taking on his first directo- de- directorial debut. Remember, you, you know what I'm talking about? Well, he's worked on a lot of stuff, so he 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 has co-written a lot of Nolan movies, and yeah. then he produced a show called Person of Interest for a long time. That was a Which big deal. People really liked that. Yeah, I and heard. then Westworld. That's his. That's his baby. Yeah, that's what it is. So what? yeah, that's that's his thing. Jonathan Nolan's behind Westworld. Uh, obviously, Nolan. We've talked a lot about him. You know, comes out. He was sort of handpicked by Steven Soderbergh. Um, was given a shot. And has had an unbelievable two decades now, starting with following in 1997 and then going all the way up through Dunkirk, nominated for Best Picture in 2017. His next film, I don't know right offhand what it is, but... Uh, uh, I mean, he is, he, is the, he is the director of our generation, of like the guys from the ages of like 26 to 32. Yeah. It's like that is... So the, Nolan, the Nolan Fincher comparison is always like the interesting one to have, though I do actually have said I like Fincher more at this point. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Nolan's done obviously three Batman movies, Inception, Memento, Prestige, this film, Dunkirk, a couple others, Insomnia. Uh, he continues to just be at the top of his game, so... Yeah, he's got nothing announced yet uh, coming up, but I'm sure whatever it is will be awesome. He uh, produces everything with his wife, Emma Thomas. Yes. Um, she is obviously a very successful producer at this point. Yeah, and they have uh, just continued to knock things out of the park. So we're going to move on to critical and box office, which is so interesting because this is where the numbers and stuff really go kind of off the charts for what people thought this movie did. So this movie only cost $165 million to make, and I say only with what he did in this movie yeah. and actually making space look at... Because most people, Frank Janish was mentioning, he was like saying... A lot of his favorite things of this is just when they pull back and show you the the vast greatness of space. When they pull back and they show the ship as it's like tracking Saturn. Yeah, I remember that in an IMAX in the big at the at the Chinese. You theater. like look around. Yeah, like it, it. Yeah, it's mesmerizing. So for him to make that, so Paramount distributes this for 165 million dollars. It opens November 5th of 2014. It only grosses $188 million domestically, which is why people consider it a flop. But then it continues to gross almost $500 million, $489 million to be exact, uh, foreign for a grand total of $677 million. Now, yeah. this is what's super interesting. It also opened 
at number two at $47 million, it opens at number two. Behind Big Hero 6. Behind Big Hero 6, which I did see both of them. Uh, now, I didn't see Big Hero 6 opening weekend, but Big Hero 6 beat it by $9 million. Now, on the on the all-time Nolan scale worldwide, Dark Knight Rises cleared a billion, as did The Dark Knight. There has only two. Inception made 828.3, and Interstellar is number four with $677 million worldwide. So, uh, and it still made more money than Dunkirk. Yeah. Still made more money than Dunkirk. Like, this is after everything's been said and done. Dunkirk, it's like, everyone saw Dunkirk, it's like that I know. It's a two-hour war movie, whereas yeah. this is a three-hour three hour space epic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, shocked. Shocking at that. And then, you you know, everything else kind of makes sense in there. Batman Begins was the beginning. So, um, when you move over to the critical reception, this is what gets super interesting. And my, my good friend Tom Helfrich, who's a big fan of the show, was texting me yesterday... Um, so this has an 8.6 on IMDb, and it's number 32 of all time. And what he was saying uh, was, we were talking, he's like, because Prestige is his favorite, hands yeah. down. He's like, dude, I had no idea that Prestige is 39. And he goes, holy shit, and Interstellar is uh, 21, not 32. Hmm. Hmm. You combine the two. Up. It's like you average yeah, the two did, numbers yeah, together. Yeah, maybe I did that. But either way, this guy's got, I think, five movies in the top 250. Yeah. And, uh... Well, I mean, that's, like, literally what we were just talking about. Yeah, number he is, 32. He is, he is like, the nerd... The nerd guy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that's... It's it's one of those things where, like, you try to not be too... Uh, you try to not be too... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, sort of pompous and too much of a jackass about your opinion of things. It's hard at the point that we're at with the amount we talk about movies and we're around people to not yeah. just, like, feel stupid for liking Nolan movies so much because, like everybody likes them that much and they're Batman movies but like hate to break it to you guys he's just a genius director like the movies are amazing so and, it's like and it's interesting because like the Academy doesn't ever want to recognize him because apparently they feel like he's pompous and, yeah. and all that shit but it's like look at the movies he makes yeah I mean I, it's, it's weird like this movie is more of a masterpiece now than I ever realized it was in a lot of ways it's like sort of there's a lot of ways that this is like in his top three movies because like it's far more ambitious than almost anything he's ever done. Absolutely. Dark Knight like changed the game and right. Exception is like the perfect movie. But other than those two, I mean I guess you could say that Memento kind of changed the game as well in some ways at the time. Yeah, but kind this of. but this movie, when you rewatch it, is just like wow, like nobody achieves what you achieve on the grand scale like this. It's so big. It's so effective. I mean, I truly believe that yeah, Interstellar is him swinging for the fences and landing a little short. Inception is him hitting a tr- or going for a triple and hitting a home run. Yeah, you know, like because Inception truly, I think, epitomizes Christopher Nolan as a director in yeah. every sense. Yeah, the nonlinear storytelling, the multiple timelines, the, the the visuals, everything, and like you're, you, you, and a, you as an audience member have to be an, as an intelligent person to, to keep up with this movie. You know. Yeah. Um, whereas The Dark Knight, I feel... Yeah, I, I I think we are both in complete agreement that Inception is his true masterpiece. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, so that's going to be that. We're going to get into the next part of the show here, guys, and this is Favorite Line, your favorite line from the film. I mentioned one earlier already that I loved, yeah. which is... Uh, it's, I, I always find that the favorite line mixes together with Fist Pump. Oh, yeah, and we also... Maybe we can do, and since we already did Fist Pump... We can kind of do favorite line mixed with explosion of emotion. Because probably it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's a strong, strong play. So explosion of emotion is what it sounds like. It was uh, a segment uh, described as your ah moment uh, by Marina Verano, who was on yeah. the show for a while. And uh, we we want to sort of talk about those moments where, like, something happens that just your heart just, like, stops for a second. It just breaks. And obviously the one scene that has been gifted so many times yeah. is the scene. I don't think there's a scene in this movie that's 
more effective than that. But there's also a lot of scenes, like little moments, like when he when he realizes that he has mere minutes and he has to leave the house because he has to go do this mission. Yeah. And he's like, come on, Murph, don't let me leave yeah, like don't this. don't let me leave like this. And you're just like, you realize it. You're like, can you imagine being a parent and, and knowing that you're going to go try to save the world that you're probably never going to come back? And, and, you're, you're, and you have to tell your 10-year-old daughter. And she won't talk to you. But you can't wait around an hour until she feels better. And you, and you don't blame her for not talking to you. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. And then he, and then the, the, the following moments when he goes out and he hugs Lithgow. He's like, take care of my family. Yeah. Donald or whatever. And he gets in the car and he drives away and he lifts up the blanket again. Yeah. Oh, God. That's a when tough When he lifts the blanket, I was like, oh. Yeah. Brutal. You know, he doesn't even say any lines then, but he, yeah, that that part. But uh, the trailer the trailer line is, is still one of my absolute favorites because it's like Hathaway. Also, the the relationship between Brand and yeah. Cooper is, is beautiful. Yeah, it's it, a it, great relationship. Even from the very, very beginning when he's like, it's like, you know, you got to know when there's moments to talk. She's like, you know, you also got to know moments when there's to be quiet. Yeah. You know, he's like, you're not going to be that honest. And then right. he goes in the whole honesty conversation. And it's just like, she is, she's just kind of young and naive and wants to help out. Yeah. And he's like, why didn't you get back to the ship when I told you to? And she's like, we needed the information. You know, it's like, yeah. tell right. that to Doyle. Yeah, right. He's dead now, you know? So yeah. I, I love their relationship. And so my actual favorite line is it today with the explosion of emotion is when, Tarsh is like, uh, escape pod one, detach, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah. Escape pod two, she's like, what? No, Cooper, yeah. what, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's like, we agreed, Amelia. And it's the first time he doesn't call her Dr. Brand. He yeah. says, Amelia, 90% referring to the honesty again. And yeah. I cried. I cried today because yeah. I was just like, of course that's what he does. Yeah. He's he's a cowboy in space, he's man. He's a hero, man. Yeah. He wants to save the day, yeah. And like, yeah, that part is, uh, that's a brutal, that's a brutal moment. Um, I thought, like when they come back from the planet and she looks the other doctor's name oh, I can't remember yeah. and she's like why didn't you sleep he's like I did for time for for stretches I you know I believed you were never coming back it's like I didn't want to just dream my life away you realize that he's been up there for like 20 years yeah. just like wait in in minutes they've been gone for a couple of hours and like the amount of of not losing your mind that you're supposed to do when you decide to be an astronaut 20 years he's waited there? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's two-thirds of my life he's just been waiting on a ship. He's just, yeah, 20. Just hanging out. He's like, I figured out everything I could about the black hole. About the black hole. <laughs> like, you've also gone a little crazy, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part, I mean, uh, there there are so many, yeah, there are so many, obviously the line from the trailer, when Love. you become a parent, one oh. thing is you can really clear, do you want to make your kids feel safe? You know, I couldn't teach her Einstein's theories of relativity before I left. Uh, there are just so many, so, so many of those moments, as you mentioned, um, when he sees Ellen Burstyn at the end, yeah. and I knew you were coming back. Why? Because my dad made me a promise. Oh my god! Like, yeah. tears me up. Yeah, when she's it now. because my dad made me a promise, yeah. and like, oh, and and honestly, like again, Nolan using one of the greatest actresses of all time yeah. to just play that small role. Yeah, that, it's just all so good. And then one that I love that was like kind of fun, but it's also kind of like. They're definitely just like, who cares at this point? We've already lost. You're 120 at this point. You yeah, know, she right. says to him. He's like, that little maneuver just cost us 51 years. And you're like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. You just need to save the planet. Yep. And then also, I love the little monologue that Ellen Bernstein gives at the end while it's showing uh, Brand on, she's like, on our new planet. Yeah. Maybe you can take a nap with our new son, like yeah. just waiting. And it's like, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's an incredible ending that he goes to find her. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't feel tacky at all. No. That he goes back after her. 
Because you're like, he gets back and they show the one moment of him sitting there having a beer at the old house. It's like Rudge pretending to hold on to something or whatever he yeah. says. Yeah, and, and they do a great job, obviously, with his relationship to Tars. Like, I love that. Yeah. I love Tars as a character. He's so great. Yeah, both of them and Case. But they're just, I mean, I love the robots. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, there's a couple other things to talk about here. Did you, sh- you shared yours already? Yeah. So the other, uh, you know, Paul Yama, we mentioned your question. Uh, Richard uh, asks, uh, it, why did the audience reject love as a powerful force in Interstellar? Gravity and love are like the two, right? They're like yeah, the they're the things. two the the two things that are that they use for communication and the things that transcend time and space. And like that line, love is the only thing that transcends time and space. Like it's kind of like cliche and corny, but it's also just true in yeah, my right. mind. And so like I don't know why they rejected it. I think because it's like you look at a Nolan movie and you expect your mind to be blown when you walk away, right. and it's just like just for the answer to be love is too simple but it's like that honestly in my mind is that's that is the simple answer for most things right completely yeah and i think like there's a lot of good monologues from matt damon you know talking about that and how people's empathy to care for one another and how hard it is to actually you know why why uh michael kane decides to to lie to them to get them to work together and sort of those explanations um all of that stuff is is pretty incredible uh i do i do think that matt damon as a casting choice for that role is wrong it's it's not wrong because I think he does a bad job. It's just he's distracting. He's fine, and he's at, playing like kind of an asshole like that. He's like believable, and I love it when he wakes up and just starts crying immediately. Yeah, but I also think that yeah, it's extremely distracting. It could have been almost anyone else. Yeah, when it does actually happen, it's just sort of like really, yeah. uh, Matt Damon. I didn't know he was in this movie. Is this supposed to be like an Easter egg or something? Yeah, and it just feels like. Especially because Damon's popped up so many times in, in like comedic cameos. Yeah, right. Cameos He's like recently. Loki and Ragnarok. Yeah, like, just yeah. it doesn't feel. Yeah, so for me, I I truly believe that it should have been someone else. Although I love that story arc yeah. this time, even though the first time I watched it, I thought it was the thirty minutes they could have cut out of the movie. Yeah, when he's like. He's like, yeah, yeah. What's he would say, Doctor Man? You have a fifty percent chance of killing yourself. Those are the best odds I've had in years. years. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, I can't have it. And he's just like. He just has lost it. Yeah, completely it's, lost it's, it. Yeah, it's it's. I really like that that planet. Um, all right, so those are our two questions. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Richard. And again, thank you to all the new patrons and guys in the chat. We love seeing all of you. Uh, ben, we got three action movie categories. There are three action movie categories. Uh, totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Um, totally ridiculous. This movie's like Face Off, Con Air. They're really silly Demo demolition, man. man. Yep. Yeah, we need to come up with some better examples. Just the same ones every week. Um, and uh, and to- totally legitimate movies are going to be like mo- movies like this for me. Yeah, um, like but this, uh, well, hold on, we can do this. What, what movie Inception, did we cover? Lone Survivor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know they're they're uh, completely they held they're held together by drama. They don't really make you laugh unintentionally. They don't lose your your focus. I suppose some people could think this movie is a little bit in the middle category because yeah. the ending. I could for sure see that. Uh, and then the middle category, ridiculously legitimate, which is kind of uh, like your Predators, your Point Breaks, your John Wicks. They're they're uh, they're driven by something really compelling and great. But they also kind of make you laugh a little unintentionally here. Yeah, or maybe there's like something about it that you just, I just can't buy into the fifth dimension being a physical thing. Like maybe that's your your strong point and why you think it should be in the middle category. I mean, that is the only sort of, so so having watched it again, first, you know, Tars is like, well, you know, you're, these beings built this. And he's like, we are these we beings. We are these beings. So yeah. how did they build this? Where is that? He's like, they're doing that for they're doing what i'm doing for murph for me now so it's like them in the way in the future yeah um after watching it again today and kind of stepping aside myself a little bit 
I, I can grasp it. I really can. Because they yeah. say earlier on, to give you a little thing, it's like, what if the past for them is a valley that they can go into, and what if the future for them is a mountain that they can climb up? Yeah. And so when they finally put it <clears throat> in that 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 thing, I honestly got to think that Christopher Nolan was kind of thinking of a camera roll and a phone. Yeah. And it's like, I, for some reason, that's what I thought of. And it's like scrolling through the same time of Mur- Murph walking in a room a million times. It's like, this is the one. So... It is a little tough, and I don't like that he's just floating out by Saturn again, and they pick him up, and they're like, you almost ran out of oxygen, is what they say. Yeah. Like, luckily we found you. But I still don't disbelieve any of it. I still think this movie is completely, totally legitimate. Yeah. Uh, It just is, man. I think that if you're going to get on this ship in the beginning, if you're going to get on this train, you can't just get off right before the end when it starts to get a little crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You're talking about something called the fifth dimension. I mean, like, you got to have a little bit of patience for a sci-fi movie. And the fact that Christopher Nolan was actually able to put it into a tangible thing for us to try to understand is pretty pretty incredible. I mean, also, yeah, no, don't leave, stay. That's also an an emotional explosion. Bashing against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a few people mentioned that. Him screaming behind the the bookshelf was just like... Uh, was brutal. Everyone is agreeing that um, Damon showing up was distracting. And it, it is even more distracting now because The Martian has been out. Yeah, but it right. was still very distracting then before it had come out. So, uh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna wrap up that one. Should we do a little Cage versus Cruise? What would have happened if, if Cooper had been played by Tom Cruise or Nick Cage? <laughs> I am thinking about my family. Millions of other families! <laughs> other families right now! Uh, let's see. Get back to the ship. Get back to the ship right now. Why didn't you come back? When I told you to come back to the ship, why didn't you come back? Love is the one thing that transcends time and space. Listen, Murph, we have to fix this before I go. I cannot leave like this. Fix this before I go. (laughs) Right now. Right here. What is this? (laughs) Do not go gently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we couldn't get Michael Caine. Couldn't get Michael Caine, but we got Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Rave. Rave into the night. Wait, rave at night? That's not the line, Nick. <laughs> I'm asking you to trust me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's an old segment we trust used to me, do. Trust me! Trust me! Um, all right, guys, that's going to wrap up that. So we've got one last thing left on the show to do this week. That's called The Pitch. So uh, it's a little unclear. We have a, a potential opportunity here that uh, we won't mention on the show, but we may be doing uh, an early an early screening version of Soldado, uh, the yes. second Sicario movie next week on Which the show. Very excited about If it. not that, we'll very likely do it the week after. We do want to see the movie to make sure that we want to cover it. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming probably the week after next is when that's going to happen. Which means maybe we should do Traffic next week. Or maybe we should just do Life. Because we're... Just because. Because you love that movie. because I love that movie. Just another sci-fi just movie. Just another sci-fi movie. Well, because Traffic is like not an action movie by any means. It's got some action. It's got some. There's guns. There's I think explosions. what we're trying to tell you guys, we're going to figure out what's going to happen <laughs> over the next few days, and we'll put up a poll if we don't end up doing Soldado next week. Um, but hopefully we will. Hopefully hopefully the things will work out and we'll be able to cover it. Uh, 100%, guys. So uh, follow along on Facebook, the Facebook fan group. Thank you all so much for stopping by and for joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash teamaction. We didn't even explain what it was, but if you do uh, subscribe to that, you guys get additional content every single week. We do an additional video, not here, but uh, just on different things. We do Schmodown reactions. We do trailer reactions. We do little movie reviews on non-action movies and uh, for a buck a month you can do that for five bucks a month you can submit lists and we will critique your top five lists on camera and air them 
Yeah, we actually, with a lot of the new members, we got a few new top five lists. I think you and I are actually going to leave right now, go grab some lunch, and then go tape a couple segments. So yeah. uh, be looking out for those guys. Team Action, or patreon.com slash team action. Check out the Action Movie Anatomy fan page. Check out the Team Action Army fan page. Those are both on Facebook. And um, yeah, yeah, look forward to Collider Collision, where you will see uh, Andrew facing off against the against Dan, Dangerous Dan Merle. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners and principals. 